What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Going to be going over a couple of things today. Probably going to have a slightly shorter podcast, at least in at least shorter than the last couple of episodes. It's been a lot to talk about. It's been a weird, busy, turbulent time for CSU as a whole. A lot of takes flying around. A lot of opinions from a lot of people. It's it's. I really dislike you know these times. Nobody, you know, nobody wants their alma mater. Nobody wants the the teams they follow coming from you know like the fans' perspective. Nobody wants you know the the team that they root for to be getting dragged or anything like that. Obviously, there have been some columns that have come out that are fairly critical of CSU athletics, and fairly so. It's it's just been a not not great week, I guess, would be the way to put it, the mild way to put it, at least. We are going to talk about the investigation a little bit. Not going to focus on it too heavily this episode, just going to try and let it breathe a little bit. But there was some fallout from that. CSU lost a verbal commit from the 2021 class. Going to go over that, going to go over hard knocks, going to talk about the Pac-12 and Big Ten. And, you know, a couple of reactions, how it might impact CSU, stuff like that. Should be a fun episode overall, a little bit, you know, a little bit lighter, I guess, than the last couple of episodes. But, you know, it is what it is. It's it's one of those times where you've got a lot of important things to talk about. And I'm, you know, certainly going to talk about it throughout this entire process. And like I've said, we're, we're going to have to really get all of the information, I think, before people make concrete opinions or, you know, come out with any really bold hot takes or anything like that. But it's it's just going to be a, a weird time for CSU. And that's, you know, kind of part of the reason why they lost to commit for the 2021 cycle. So going to go over that. But first, let's shout out our friends over at Breckenridge. Breckenridge, obviously the official beer of DNVR. I spent some time in the mountains last week. I've talked about that a lot. I loved it. I already miss it. I wish I was out in the sunshine. (laughs) I've been a hermit in my apartment this week. I will say, though, you know, with all the the NBA playoffs, the NHL, oh, my God, a five-overtime game in the NHL playoffs. Just insane. I I couldn't even imagine. I was tired just from sitting on the couch watching it, let alone those dudes that actually had to play it. It was just absolutely absurd, but... You know, getting getting back on track, whether you're in the mountains, whether you're a couch potato like me, there there's nothing better than an ice cold Breck brew. I love the Avalanche Ale. That's always been my go to. Recently, I've really, really gotten hooked on the mountain beach. It's just an epic sour, really, really crisp taste, super refreshing, kind of tart, kind of sweet. It's just great. It's perfect. Goes with anything. Check out Breck, you know, use the the Breck beer locator. I've talked about it so many times. Just takes all the inconvenience out of out of beer shopping, and it's going to tell you the closest liquor store, grocery store, wherever they sell beer. If they sell Breck, it will be on the Breck beer locator. Amazing. Love it. Shout out to Breck Brew. All right, let's jump right into it here and just kind of get into the main news of the day, and that is that CSU has its first decommit from the 2021 cycle. Andrew Garwo, a defensive back out of the East Coast, Massachusetts, I believe. He announced on Twitter that amidst everything going on with the allegations, he has decided to reopen up his commitment. Here's the statement that he posted on Twitter. 
I would like to start off by thanking Coach Adazio and the CSU coaching staff for giving me an opportunity to achieve my dream at the next level. With the current allegations going on, my parents and I think it will be best for me to decommit from Colorado State University. No love lost. No interviews. Thank you. You know, uh, there, there's always going to be reactions on both sides of the spectrum when it comes to something like this. You know, on one end, it, it hurts the pride a little bit. I've talked a lot about what makes these investigations so hard for the fans to wrap their heads around, for them to, to stomach it all, is that it's not just, you know, the football team that it feels like is, is getting, you know, criticized, having shots come out about it. it. It feels like it's, you know, a little bit of piece of you, a little part of your community. That's, that's what makes college sports so, well, so great, to be honest. You know, it's all the emotion, it's the pride, it's everything that gets wrapped up in it. So that when you have an investigation saying, you know, that your coach did the wrong things, it feels like it's, it's not just your coach that's being, you know, criticized, being come at. It's, it's your school, it's you. It's, it's a part of, you know, you. They're coming after your community. And so that's always hard. Um, but when it comes to the recruiting stuff, you just, you got to remember, you know, these players, they got to do what's best for them. And quite frankly, you know, it's obviously you're, you're innocent until you're proven guilty in this country. But if you want to, if you want to commit your future somewhere, you want to move across the country, I can't really blame a guy for, for taking a look at everything that's going on at CSU right now and thinking, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I want to at least consider my other options. You know, there, there's a possibility that this dude still ends up, you know, signing with CSU down the line. Who knows? He had offers, you know, from Bowling Green, Boston College, Buffalo, a variety of other programs on the East Coast, Army, Air Force. You know, he could still end up at CSU. You never know. But, you know, be cool about it. Don't be those guys that, you know, tweet at him and, you know, make make it all awkward or anything like that. It is what it is. You know, everybody has the right to decide which school they want to commit their future to. And these guys, you know, they're no different. I did want to momentarily touch on just kind of the the impact of the investigation real quick. I mentioned it briefly on Twitter. One of the things that I, I've been thinking about the last couple of days, the longer that this investigation goes on, the more uncertain everybody is going to feel. And, and that's kind of a tricky situation because... Honestly, it taking your time, making sure you you get to the truth, that matters more. But it's kind of a double-edged blade because yes, you know, you want to make sure you have a thorough investigation. You want to talk to as many people as you possibly can. You want to make sure that you're confident in your findings. That's the whole point. But on, you know, the other hand, the longer this goes on, the more the public, you know, recruits People on the team, fans, donors, everybody just kind of starts to feel like, oh man, what's going on over at CSU? You know, what's what's going on behind the scenes there? What kind of things are they turning over? What are they figuring out? And and that's, you know, unfortunate. That kind of sucks for CSU. It it is what it is. It's just one of those situations where they're gonna have to ride it out. And, you know, hopefully they don't lose a bunch of verbal commits. They've already lost one. I don't foresee a situation where, you know, they start dropping in, in mass, but you never know. You never know. And then, you know, from a roster perspective, hopefully it doesn't, you know, result in a, in a bunch of players transferring out or anything like that. 
it is encouraging that we've seen so many players come forward and defend the new staff. I've talked about that plenty, and I think to a large extent that'll probably prevent people from transferring out unless you know, in, unless the they end up making staff changes or something like that. So it's weird times. It's it's weird times indeed for CSU, for CSU fans, for the football team, you know, for anyone that's normally associated with the college football season. But I just kind of wanted to touch on this news. I wanted to talk about the investigation, the layers to it, and and how, you know, the longer this goes on, the the more uncertain people are going to feel. But, you know, that's what CSU's got to do right now. And that's it's the right decision. It really is. Cool, 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 cool. We are going to keep the college football discussion rolling here in just a second. Going to be talking a little bit more about the Big Ten, the Pac-12, maybe even the potential of playing this spring. Before we do, though, got to talk about my friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The hits keep on coming. From one MMA event to the next, they grow in excitement and anticipation. UFC 252 is going to be no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the octagon this weekend. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users the opportunity to bet $1 to win $252. Those are some great odds. and Kind of creative there. UFC 252, bet $1 to win $252. See what they did there? Ha ha ha. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new users the opportunity to bet $1 to win $252. But beyond that, they've got a chance to do live betting. You know, you can bet throughout the, each round. You can bet how it's going to end, knockout, decision, all of that fun stuff. Plus, you know, basketball is right around the corner with the playoffs. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering $10 in free bets to use on in-game action for every single day of the first round of the playoffs. I'm so stoked about that. I've been betting a ton anyways, but you know, DraftKings is just always coming up with ways to make it more fun to you know engage with all of us. One of the things I love most, though, it's safe, secure, and reliable. You can always be sure that your funds are going to be secure. You can deposit and withdraw at your convenience. Nothing better than DraftKings. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $252 on this weekend's main event. That's right, only at DraftKings Sportsbook when you use the code DNVR when you sign up. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Word. We are going to wrap up this podcast here with a little bit of talk about the Pac-12, the Big Ten. Also going to talk about the potential of CSU playing Colorado in the spring, along with some other football. There are obviously a variety of factors that you have to mention when talking about spring football. Recruiting, you know, scholarship limits, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's going to be interesting. The, the time limit, do you play in the spring, do you play in the fall, how many games, all that stuff talked about it a little bit on the last podcast so if you haven't listened yet go back and check that one out as well but you know i'll go into it a little bit in this one as in well you know just with the big or big 10 big 12 my goodness big 10 which has 12 or 14 teams and the big 12 which has 10 teams it makes no sense the big 10 and the pac 12 officially postponing seasons it 
it kind of raises the question, at least from a CSU perspective, well, can we can we get the Rocky Mountain Showdown back? Is is there any possibility that we would be able to play this spring? Honestly, my gut says doubtful, because even if there is some type of spring football, my guess is that at least, you know, the Pac-12, it's probably going to be conference only again. They seem to be pretty dead set on doing that this fall, even though, you know, CSU being a, you know, a world-renowned research institution, a place that would have more, you know, they would have matched any and all testing protocols that the Pac-12 set. Parker was really adamant about this. I believe that, you know, we all know how important this game is to the CSU community. It was something that we wanted really bad. You know, CSU was going to do everything in their power to make this game happen. COVID, unfortunately, you know, came in like a wrecking ball and and screwed up everything. But hey, you know, maybe this spring they can play. It, it would be interesting because I, I'm not sure that CU would have the same higher ground in the spring, especially if there turns out to be a fall football season in which places like the SEC, the ACC, the American, Sunbelt, whatever, who ultimately ends up playing, you know, if they if they get through a successful season this fall and that includes traveling, you know, all that kind of stuff, then at that point, Boulder really isn't going to have a lot of ground to where they can be like, hey, uh, we're not going to play CSU because it's not safe. The the big thing that will always work in their dire- in their corner though is that just the league could come out and just be like, no no Pac twelve teams are playing any non conference games. Period. It doesn't matter if it's forty miles. It doesn't matter if it's one hundred and fifty miles. We're playing Pac twelve and Pac twelve only. But shoot, man, I'd I'd still be in favor of a regional setup if if that's what it really came down to. Sure, you know, having structure of conference play, league games, just having it be structured somewhat similarly would be nice just with so much going on in the world. It would be kind of cool to have some sense of normalcy, some familiarity with this entire process. But, you know, if it really came down to it, like if we could get a some type of tournament featuring or not tournament season featuring Wyoming, CSU, Colorado, Air Force, you know, I know they're dead set on playing the service academies this fall. I think they're also trying to play Tulane, a couple of other places. We'll see if that works out. I hope so. I mean, I, I love the I love all those games between the service academies, Air Force Army, Navy Army. They're just they're just classics. So I hope that that works out. But in terms of this spring, you know, if if you could get five teams regionally and have everybody play home and homes for a ten game slate, that'd be awesome. Or even if it was four games, three four games, just play home and homes, get like six to eight games in. I don't. I. I just think, you know, that's better than nothing. I I saw a tweet yesterday that talked about the varying football programs and how many millions of dollars they expect to lose if there's no season. And and just because of that, I just I still feel like they're going to try and do something. I don't know if it's going to work. I think regionally would probably be the safest way to do it. You have the most control, you know, you. Everybody from Air Force to Laramie to Boulder to Fort Collins, everywhere in between, all of those places, what makes it really, really feasible is the lack of travel. You know, you don't got to go quarantine somewhere else. You don't have to even necessarily stay in a hotel. You could do your walkthrough at your home stadium and drive over the day of. Obviously, that's not it's not super convenient. It's, It's definitely not ideal. But they do it in high school. You do it growing up. 
you know, you play football for over a decade doing that same process where you, you know, you get ready, you show up at the field and you play your game. Obviously, there are reasons that D1 teams, that pro teams travel before it. It's about getting in the in the right mindset. It emphasizes proper rest, all of that type of stuff. All of those things matter. And in, in a normal year, you would always do everything in your power to do that. But it's not a normal year. And if that's the difference between getting football in and not getting football in, then fuck it. Make it work. That's where I'm at. That's where I stand. You got to be able to do it safely. You got to give players the options to opt out, all that stuff. I've covered all of that over the last couple of weeks. But at this point, I'm just so desperate for football. You know, if we get it in the spring, hell yeah, I'm in no matter who it is, who it's against. Sign me up. Let's ride. All right, we're going to wrap up this podcast with some thoughts on the first episode of Hard Knocks. Going to try really hard not to spoil too much. I know it's only been a couple of days, so I'm sure there are plenty of people still trying to catch up. I just kind of wanted to speak more generally. I was really skeptical about Hard Knocks coming into this season just because, you know, like many of you that watch it every year, I was kind of just like, well, what are they going to have film of? But that was the thing. It was actually really, really unique, really interesting, at least from my perspective, to get that inside look at how these teams are operating. It's kind of weird this year. They've got film of the Chargers and the Rams, so you're following two different teams. It's not like, you know, normal where you you follow one team ex- exclusively and then you really get an inside look at at everything going on with that team. It's a little different this year, and I think part of that is probably because, you know, they don't have as much on-field action that they could normally draw from. But it's it's been really entertaining, at least one episode in. I'm always so impressed at what Hard Knocks is able to do from a just from a visual creation standpoint and their production value, their their ability to take something so simple and make it just seem so intense, so cool is it's so impressive to me. Like it's it's no surprise that these dudes win all kinds of Emmys and visual production awards and all that because hard knocks really is the standard like i love last chance you it's amazing i think it's more entertaining from a person-to-person standpoint i think we get to know the people a little bit better than we do in hard knocks but if you're just talking like sheer video production sheer you know editing all of the stuff that most people don't really care about i nerd out about because you know that's some of the stuff i studied in school but it's just amazing. It, it, I was just so blown away. There was one scene in particular where it's following Justin Herbert, the rookie Chargers quarterback out of Oregon. And he's just throwing footballs into a net. You know, it's it's not super far. It's probably like a 20-yard throw. Most NFL quarterbacks could make it. And the way that they just, the different angles, the slow-mo, the music, everything that Hard Knocks did to just really raise the drama of that scene was incredible i was just so hooked my other big takeaway about hard knocks so far is that both sean mcveigh and anthony lynn they're very two different coaches you got lynn who comes off you know a little bit quieter much more old school type but still super down to earth still super relatable and sean mcveigh who's obviously you know the up-and-comer one of the the disciples of the shanahan system one of the you know boy genius wonders whatever you want to call him just when, you know, one of the young rising coaches in the league. And he just seems amazing. Like, if I, if I could hang out with Sean McVay for a couple of days, I would totally do it. One, I would just absorb everything that I possibly could from a football perspective. And I'm sure it would be 
just amazing to learn from him, but he just seems like a cool dude. You know, he's sitting there talking to Jared Goff, referring to him as, you know, oh, dude, you know, he's, he's just a guy that loves football. And I can see why the players would rally around that. You know, he's just, he's just so likable, so relatable. I'm, I'm very intrigued by both of these teams. I think they're two teams that if they have success moving forward, and in large part, it's going to be because they have coaches that have, you know, created the the type of environment where, you know, everybody can kind of speak their mind, where everybody feels respected. It, it was just a lot of fun. You know, they, they showed some hard conversations about, you know, kneeling, and they showed one player who kind of talked about, you know, I just, I can't get behind that and disrespecting the flag. And, you know, there were other people who came forward and were like, you know, it's never been about the flag. It's been about police brutality. But the cool thing was, is it showed how despite, you know, having two players be in a locker room, two guys with completely different perspectives that come from different opposite ends of the world, ends of the spectrum, whatever, however you want to phrase that, they were able to, you know, respectfully talk about this, you know, quite honestly, a pretty difficult conversation and, and get to a place where everybody felt comfortable. And that's really neat. You know, that's a, that's a great lesson for all of us. Just with so much going on, you know, in the country right now, everything's so turbulent. Everybody's so div- so divisive. There's just so much fighting happening everywhere. It's a good time to remember, even if you disagree with someone, you can be respectful about it. And that was really cool. That's that's how locker rooms work. You know, I've talked a lot about with this Adazio situation, not in or the old staff. Not everybody's going to view it the same. It's a locker room. You've got diverse people with diverse frames of mind. Hard Knocks really showed that in the first episode. It was great. I loved it. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. And hopefully I can get those, the uh, the orchestra, the background music, the score out of my head, the dramatic string section and stuff. They use it every year. It always stays the same. Classic. Love it. We'll be talking plenty of CSU, plenty of college football. Plenty of other stuff. I mean, we're going to sprinkle in some some NBA talk, some NHL talk, NFL stuff. Going to do kind of what we have to do just to survive moving forward until we get college football. Obviously, you know, I'm really, really hoping we get college basketball. Not sure if it'll start in January, November, when that'll happen. The, the Pac-12 was the first conference to postpone all sports until the new year, not just fall sports. So we'll see. It was definitely discouraging. But the thing about the Pac-12 and the Big Ten is they kind of have a sense of being like the morally elite superior, I guess, to some of the other, just some of the other leagues. And that has a lot to do with the the academic institutions that are in those leagues. I get it. So, you know, it's, it's not surprising to me that they would be willing to be the first people to make that call. But, you know, as Nico Medved said in an interview with the Loveland Reporter Herald recently with my guy Eddie Hers, it's just, you know, too early to, to really know. And it, it is, but it, it's hard also not to look forward and kind of have that in the back of your mind, especially after, you know, how this summer went and basically everybody being like, well, hopefully we have football season. We'll just kind of wait it out. It feels kind of dumb to go with that approach again, but it is what it is. You know, that's really all we can do. Whenever we have sports, we will make content about it. Until then, we will continue to make content about it. We're going to have to get a little bit creative. But it's it's going to test me. It's going to test me as a content creator. It's going to test me as a journalist, as a podcaster, a tweeter, all that stuff. Everything that goes into it. 
I want to shout out everybody that continues to support the content. If you like what we're doing, please, you know, subscribe via iTunes or Apple. iTunes doesn't even exist anymore, I don't think. Spotify, Google Stitcher, we're everywhere. You know, leave a comment, leave a review, all of that stuff. You guys are amazing. Peace.